that's what we got to be. We got to make a way for people to come back. We got to make a way. We got to be a vessel so people can come back. Didn't nobody keep me from coming back. You know who kept me from coming back? Me. But I had people that gave me many paths to come back. Now, sure, is, is there, there penalties that I had to pay because of the things I did in life? Sure there was. I mean, you can't have your cake and eat it too. I mean, there's a price for everything. There's penalties for everything. There's good. There's, there's bad things that we have, to, we have to own up to. We have to live with. But I promise you, I got through them. I mean, there's, there's some mighty big skeletons in my closet. And I can look out and I can see that there's probably mighty big skeletons in a lot of you's closets. And some of you I grew up with. Some of you I know. Some of you I don't know. Some of you I've heard about. I'm sure a lot of you's heard about me. and Hopefully not. But we got to make a path. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be a path. Now, does that mean you don't hold somebody accountable? No. Hold them the same way accountable that you were held accountable. That you supposedly raised your kids to be accountable. Not anything goes. But there's checks and balances. Just like the Bible. I mean, it's the only truth in this world today. The only infallible truth is the Bible. Right? Amen. Come here, Pastor. right thank you good word pat thank you for that good praise and worship this morning good word already thank you emily and kenzie for singing this morning y'all done a great job yeah give them another hand that's right they were both nervous scared of course i get nervous about every time i come up here too so i understand a lot of eyeballs looking back at you and you're seeing a bunch of eyeballs so i know i know how it is i know what's going on but uh we just we still enjoy what God's doing in our in people's lives in this church and in our people's families. There's healings and and all kinds of things going on, salvations, and so we just uh, we're still enjoying that. I had a guy tell me he's like, "We'll enjoy it because this things comes in seasons," and it and I was like, it just hit me wrong. And I know that there's seasons that things come in. I, I do, but you know. We can enjoy God and, and the blessings of God no matter what season we're in in life. It doesn't tell me anywhere in this word that, well, you're going to get, you're going to get blessed for just a little time. Even though you're doing what the Bible said, you're going to get blessed for a little time. But then there's a season you're not going to see any blessings. None, none, none of that. So, so I, don't, I, don't, I don't as much agree with what I was told as that we're going to enjoy God's blessings right now, today, tomorrow, the next day, and the next day, as long as we keep doing what God's told us to do, right? So amen. Amen. A couple other announcements, and I forgot to give this to Pat. I got this in the mail. But the community singspiration will be at Round Top Church on July 31st. That's our fifth Sunday singing we have um, that night at 6 p.m. They said there will be a uh, time they'll have food up there for refreshments. So we will participate in that. So hopefully we can get Sydney and Ariana, since they're not going to be here much longer, to, to help us sing. I'll call you on the spot. Sydney was supposed to sing this morning and uh, said she needed to practice. So she'll have plenty of time to practice. <laughs> but, uh, but no, that'll be then. And then I also got contacted from a person that goes to church in Decatur, from your brother, Brian. Um, and, and we're talking about this, and there'll be... We'll have some more concrete stuff by next week on what we're going to do. But they are, uh, it's Life Point Church out of Decatur. But they're wanting to reach out to Decatur, Hartsville, Faultful Area, all the communities, and, and help with, you know, filling up backpacks for school supplies, uh, giving people that need haircuts, stuff like that, just helping and, and meeting the needs of communities. 
in this area. Heart, and it's going to be at Hartsville Civic Center that July 31st, that morning at 10:30. Um, and so, I'll have some more information by next Sunday, and and we'll join in with that. And I'm not saying I don't know if we're not going to have church that Sunday, and everybody go up there. We'll have a sign-up sheet, and if you want to help serve, then you can help serve that morning up there, and and go there and join in with that. And we'll still have church here, but we'll have more information next week about it. So. And you say, well, we got a lot going on in July. We do. And trust me, the the thoughts have come to me. We, and I've said it. We got a lot going on. We got serve day. We got the vacation Bible school. We need to paint the sanctuary. We need to do this, that, and the other. But I, and then the the Spirit of God spoke to me. There was never a point where I said, don't serve. And you know, it's it's a common thing you hear in church. I'm just getting burnt out. You know what? Most of us in here have been working since we were about 14 years old. And we still get up and go to work every day, even though we don't want to. Or we burn out. We're not sitting at home, are we? We're still, we're still making money. And so if we can go to work every day in this world that we live in, then why can't we serve God every day as he told us to and serve others? Jesus, there's never a time that's written about him in the Bible that says that, that he, uh, just, he didn't want to do it that day. He just sat there. He didn't want to go serve people. He didn't want to go love people. So we can't look at that way as, well, we got a lot of stuff going on. We do. We should have stuff going on all the time. There could be a whole lot worse stuff we could do out in the world than do it with the church, right? And you say, well, my family. Well, get your family involved, and you all do it together as a family. And, and so, so show them how to serve, and, and we'll serve as, we're, as the Bible tells us to and wants us to. So, all right. I think that's it. So let's receive our offer. Amen? Yeah. <clears throat> Amen. Um, so we pray this morning, Miss Jeannie Jacobs, she's not here. Her son, Jamie, had back surgery this past week, and she had texted me this morning and said that he was still hurting real bad, and, and you know, she, she's tired. She's helping take care of him, but, you know, she just asked for prayer for him. And so we'll be praying for that this morning. And we want to pray, you know, for our country, for our nation, for our police officers. We appreciate you being here, Levi, this morning. Thank you for that. And, and so, you know, because they got a full weekend, I'm sure, especially tonight and tomorrow night with everything that's going on, you know, and pray for their safety for sure. And we appreciate what y'all do. We pray for you all the time. We do, yeah. Because you hear things in the news and see things that they got to endure and go through and things happen. And I wasn't called to do that. So we appreciate the ones that are and serve. And, you know, the ones that are serving our country now that are not able to spend time. Because we know that somebody had to die for us to have freedom, right? So somebody had to be at war for us to have freedom and overtake that tyranny that Pat talked about. And so, you know, we need to remember our, our troops also. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, we just love and we praise you. And we thank you for this day again and this time together. God, for your love and your grace and your mercy on our life. Each and every day, we thank you for it. God, we just uh, lift up you right now. Son, Jamie. God, that you just touch and move in his life. Father, bring health and healing to him. And that back where he had the surgery, Father, that that pain will go away, that these problems will go. And, and Father, he can get up and go as he needs to and as he as he wants to, Father. We thank you for that. You strengthen Miss Jeannie right now, God, that she's there at home, God, that you strengthen and touch her right now in the name of Jesus. God, we just lift up this nation to you right now. God, with all the things going on, Father, that we can come back and look to you as our one true God and serve you as you've told us to and, and be in oneness as you've called us to be. And we thank you for that, God, that we look to you. We pray for a hedge of protection around all of our policemen and firemen and and, and our troops, Father, wherever they are, God, that you just touch and be with them and your angels and camp out about them. We thank you for that. God, as we bring our tithes and offerings to you this morning, that you touch and bless each and every one, that you give back as you said you would, Father, because we're being obedient to your word, and we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Well, you children can go to children's church. So, that's right. Hallie and Sydney, we're going to have a fun time. <laughs> I think Layden and Jaden's got to stay. <laughs> I'm joking, Layden. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, he was. That's, that's good to see. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, the rest of you turn to Galatians chapter 5 real quick. We're go- we are going to continue our, our series and, and sermon on First uh, John. It would be part 6, but this just kept impressing over and over and over in me this past week. And, and I know it's 4th of July, and you know I think Hattie asked me this morning, so you're going to preach about our freedom? And I said, well, I'm tying that in, and, and so... You know, this weekend's all about us celebrating our freedom, right? And and we know this all comes back from when, you know, they they defeated England and and won that victory over that, signed that declaration and, and we became one nation. And you know, we're one nation under God is what we're designed to be. We know and we see all over that that's not where we are right now, but that's the way it was designed. But you know, we're celebrating that freedom you know, like Pat talked, freedom from the tyranny and bondage and slavery, from a, a freedom from an oppressive government as they had back Even though it looks like now, that's what's trying to come back, is an oppressing, oppressing, overbearing government where they want to tax us and do different things to keep us bound down to we can't feel like that we're free all the time. And, and so, you know, we're celebrating those things this weekend, but we're free. We take, we, we take it for granted, but we're free. We get to meet here this morning, right? We get to worship our God, our, our one true God. We get to worship and praise His name no matter where we are or what's going on. They can tell us to stop, but the thing is we don't have to stop. We don't have to. They can't, unless they take our life is the only way that they can make us stop praising our Lord and Savior. And, and so don't ever let anybody else tell you anything else. But... The one area that we do have true freedom in is being a child of God, right? That's true freedom. No matter what goes on in this nation, no matter how bad it gets, true freedom comes from what Jesus done for us on the cross. From us saying, Jesus, be Lord of my life, come in and make, and make me clean and be my Lord and Savior. That's, that's where true freedom comes from. No matter what happens anywhere around us, true freedom comes through Him. And that's the only way true freedom can come. And Paul is telling these people in Galatians, in verse 1 of chapter 5, I was there. Let me turn back. But he says, he says, Stand fast, therefore, or stand firm, stand strong in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Stand firm in that. As we've said over and over through these past weeks, Things will get worse. Things are going to get worse in our life and in in this world around us. Why? Because the Bible talks plainly about it. They're going to get worse. And I'm not saying that they're going to get worse. People's going to come and attack you tomorrow or the next day or the next day. But at some point, our faith is going to get tested and tried. But we've got to stand firm in the liberty that we have and the freedom that we have through Christ Jesus and not waver on anything else that goes on in our life. Whether, you know, there's a shooting over here, or some, there's something happened here, or what goes on here, we cannot live in fear of those things. We live with, with the knowledge that we're free through Christ Jesus and be not entangled again into the yoke of bondage. What's that yoke of bondage? Well, he's talking here, he was telling them because they still wanted to be under the law. They still wanted to have those things and, and try to obey 600 different laws that the old Jewish law was and and they couldn't do it. He said, don't be entangled in that. But in our life, we know that the law's gone. The old law's gone and we're under the new law. But the bondage that we look at that we can get entangled in is back in our flesh, back in sin in our life that we've been set free from. We have liberty over that. We've been, we've been taken away from that by asking Jesus under our heart. He's washed us, cleansed us. And he said, you don't have to go back to that. But yet we do. Why? Because sin's enticing. We know that. Sin's, sin looks fun. You know what? There's no telling how many people this weekend, that happened last night, tonight, tomorrow, 
their fun's going to be shooting fireworks for sure, but there's no telling how many people they're going to have to pull over for being intoxicated while driving. Am I correct? So, so I mean, you know their fun is going to lead to things that's going to cause repercussions in their life, and it's not going to be fun. Not for them. They have to, they have to affect of it. But we, we do those things in our life, and we let, we let ourselves back into the flesh. We let ourselves back into those things and dabble in sin to where we dabble in it just a second, and we're sucked back in because then we entangle ourselves with the bondage of, of that sin in our life, that yoke of sin. And, and when we do that, Christ has not walked away from us. We're still free through Him. We're the ones that are entangling ourselves back up. We're the ones going back to the flesh, back to the things that we know that we've asked forgiveness for, and, and, and it's pretty much saying just put that thing back on and then we can't go. We can't go until Jesus comes back and we repent. We repent and say, Jesus, come take me out of this. I, forgive me of these things. I don't want to go this way anymore. And we head the way He's told us to go. And, and so we see this in, in our lives. That's, I mean, this week, for whatever reason... I was telling Pat this morning, I feel like I'm in a fog. Just different things going on to try to pull me away from even studying the Word of God as I need to. And, and why? Because He wants me not to live, not to, not to see myself living free like I need to. Not to see myself as a child of God, as we're going to read about in a few minutes. As, as that child of God that He's called me to be because of other things that want to come up and into my life and then, you know, put a barrier up, and then I see those. I see myself as those things that I've, I've just done. That's what I see me as. I don't, I, I don't see myself as a child of God, and I'm not saying this is all the time, but you can't, there's nobody in here that can't tell me that you, if you do something wrong and you know it's a sin, that Satan's not messing with your head, and you, just for a minute, not see yourself as who God's called you to be. There, all of us go through that. Why? Because Satan wants to play mind games with us all the time. He wants to play. He wants to do those things to where he gets us out of us believing fully that we are free from sin. We are free from oppression. We are free from those things. Down in verse seven, I don't have this one up there, Cole, but in verse seven of chapter five, I've read from this quite a bit and I like it. He says, "You ran well. You ran well." That's a lot of people in church today, a lot of Christians today. We're running good. We're going strong. Then he says, who hindered you? Who hindered you? Why did you fall? Why did you falter? Why did you give up because you ran into something hard? Why did you not call on me when you ran into something hard? Why, why are you doing this? Why, what hinders you? What is going on in your life that you can't seem to get rid of? It's just like the drug addict. They go get help, right? They go get help. And then they come out and they're doing good. But then they run into somebody they knew. They get around some other people that they didn't need to be around and they know better. And then they fall again. It's no different than us in our Christian life. We're, we're here. We're around a group, a collective group of people that love God and love each other, right? That's why we come here in the morning is, is for Jesus. And we come to be in a group where we can praise together and worship together our, our Lord and Savior. But we get out of here, who are we around? What are we watching? What are we doing? What are we consuming ourselves with each and every day? Are, are we consuming ourselves with the Word of God and what He's told us to and His love and grace and mercy in our life? Or are we around all this other junk that tries to entangle us and then make us fall? We know the one that hinders us. We blame it on the devil all the time. Well, the devil made me do it. No, you have control over the devil. You have control over your thoughts. So the one that mainly hinders Mark Carroll is Mark Carroll. That's who hinders me. That's who keeps me from doing what I know God called me to do at all times. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? And then he says over in verse 14, because he goes on to talk about law, a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. And, and, you know, a little law makes you try to obey all the law. So you can't do that. A little sin is a lot of sin. There's no big and little sin. There's no, well, you, you're, a, you know, we just got through a pride month, homosexuality. 
We look at that, and I've been told, I've been told by other Christians, that's an abomination to God. It is. So is the one sleeping with another person. So is adultery. So is fornication. So is looking at porn. So is lying. So is stealing. All that stuff is still an abomination to God. Why? Because it's sin. So there's no sin that's worse than the other. None of them. So don't fall into that and think, well, they're just, they're all dying and going to hell because they're dabbling in that. No. If, if that's what somebody else is doing and they're doing this, this, and this, it doesn't matter. It's all sin in the sight of God. So a little sin makes for all sin, but a little law leaveneth the whole lump. For the law is fulfilled in one word. In one word. Even in this. And we're going to talk about love this morning. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That wipes out all the law. That fulfills all the law. You love your neighbor as yourself. You love your neighbor as yourself. We talked about this before. If you can't love yourself as you need to, you need to, you need to pray and ask God so you can see yourself as He sees you and start loving yourself the way God loves you, the way you can love others the way God loves you. So we've got to love ourselves first. And, and so we're free. We're free through Him. We're free because of His grace, because of His mercy, because of what Jesus done for us, we're free. So we, we celebrate our freedom from, this, from the tyranny of we, you know, back in, when they signed the Declaration of Independence, we became that nation where every day you wake up, you praise God because you're free from sin. You're free from the bondage of Satan. You're free from all this other stuff in this world that, that tries to boggle our mind and, and make us we're not who He's called us to be. We're free from those things. Amen? Amen. Well, let's go to 1 John chapter 3 this morning. 1 John chapter 3. Mm. <clears throat> I think this is our sixth message in this. And through this, John, he just keeps, seems like, reiterating over and over the same thing. God is light. Love each other. You know, you cannot love, you cannot say you love God and hate your brother. You cannot have sin in your life and say you love God and all this stuff. He keeps reiterating this over and over and over again. It's like when I'm reading this, I'm reading the same verses over and over. And so when I'm up here preaching, it feels like I'm preaching the same thing over and over. And Satan tried to mess with me the other night and said, well, they're going to think you just preach the same thing all the time. Obviously, back in this time when John wrote this, these people needed to hear this over and over and over. So I don't believe that people have changed so much that they don't need to hear the Word of God over and over and over and over again, right? We need to hear those things. We need to get it drilled into our mind each and every day, the love of God. Because in chapter 3 and verse 1, he said, Behold what manner of love. That, is, that love is agape love. That's that intimate form of love that Jesus has for us. Behold what manner of love that the Father, God, has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. The children of God. We're not, he didn't say, because we're Gentiles and such, right? And we're, he didn't say that you could be the stepchildren of God. That we're, that we're just some adopted children. That, you know, he's, he's not our biological father. So we're just, we're just kind of brought in, looked at like, oh, that's sweet. They adopted somebody. No, we're a child of God. We're a child of God. We have every benefit and right that Jesus does, right? He says heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So every benefit, every right that we have, that Jesus has, we have. And so this is what I was talking about this morning, that it's hard for us to see sometimes that we are children of God because of all the other garbage that we've been through. It's hard for us to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, well, you're a child of God, but you just did this, this, and this. I've been there. I've, I've done things, said things, and then have to come back, and I've looked at myself in the mirror, and it's like, well, you idiot. I mean, I'm, I'm, this is me talking to myself in the mirror, and this has actually happened, I promise. You're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to be a pastor of a church. What are you doing? I'm like, 
some 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 almighty Christian you're, you turned out to be. I said those things to myself. Why? Because I knew what I was doing was wrong at the time. I knew what I said was wrong. I knew I shouldn't have said it in that way. I knew I shouldn't have done things in that way. I knew I shouldn't have fell into that temptation and done whatever it was. And so at that time, it wasn't condemnation that fell on me. It was, it was working the Holy Spirit in me. Like, hey, what are you doing? No, come back, come back. But he says that we could be called the children of God. We have that right. We, we can't fathom in our, in our peon little minds the love of Jesus. Because we base love, and I use that term loosely in this world, view of love. This world's view of love has to do with, what have you done for me lately, right? Selfishness. Pride. Envy. Rage. All those things, this world's view of love is what it has to do with. Because in this world's view of love, you know, it's, it's, well, I love you when you do this. I love you because of this. I love you because of our children. I love Whatever it is, it's, it's a messed up view of love. I love you because you look good. I love you because you smell good. Whatever. It's, it's, just, it's all based on something that we can tangibly feel or see or some feeling that we get. You know, something like that. But all the world's love is based on, if we look at it, really, it's just lust. That's all it is. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And when those three things are bored and gone in people's lives, then all of a sudden they don't love each other anymore. All of a sudden, then, you know, when our children don't act right, well, I don't know if I love them like I, like, like I did. I don't know if I love my spouse the way I did. I don't know this. I don't know anything. Why? Because we've let those things blind us and we forgot who we really are. But thank God there's grace for those when those times happen. Thank God there's mercy and there's forgiveness when those times happen and we can come back and get out of those things and start seeing ourselves as He sees us. But we get hurt by others that say they love us, right? We've been hurt by the ones that we say love us the most. I know, and I, I know I'm not the only one in here that probably argues with their spouse, right? I know I'm not. Gabby's not here, but I know she'll watch it later, and I'll hear about it. But as perfect as me and Gabby look, and this month will be 23 years together, then, but we still have arguments, and it's mainly a lot of my fault. I'll go ahead and say that. But, you know, there's things that people, that you know, spouses, husband and wives, say to each other that I know in a way that I wouldn't let another grown man talk to me that way. If, if they were right in front of my face. There's no way. And she's not that bad, but I've told her before. I was like, if you was a guy standing there talking to me and hollering, I would deck you. And there's, don't laugh. I mean, yeah, I mean, laugh, but don't look at me like y'all have never thought that, right? Come on. It happens in relationships. Why? Because there's two imperfect people in that relationship, right? There's two people striving or need to be striving to be what God's called them to be, but there's two people that are flesh flesh and bone that are most of the time two opposites of each other because male and female are pretty much opposite. On the opposite end of the spectrum as they can get. And they're trying to live together and make it work. It's not easy to do. But the kind of love that God loves us with is a kind of love that we have got to love each other with. We have got to have that for each other. We have, got to, we have got to be those things that God's called us to be at all times, no matter what's going on. When our spouse gets mad at us and starts telling us about this, this, and this, we still got to love them, even though it's hard for us to show that sometimes because the flesh in us wants to rear up and speak back. Right? Especially, I'm, well, especially me. Okay? Me. I'll just leave it at that. Especially me. So, but he said, he goes on and says, let me finish reading this. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. And then in verse 2, Beloved, now we are children of God. We are children. And the only way that we can be children of God 
is if he's accept if we've accepted him as our Lord and Savior. Sorry. That if, if you've not accepted him as your Lord and personal Savior, he still loves you. He's still there, the Holy Spirit's still there, and you feel that drawing in your life. He still wants you to come in and say, Hey, come on, just give everything to me. Once and for all. Final. Give everything to me. And you can start seeing the blessings. You can start having this relationship that we're going to talk about this morning. You can start, you can know for sure that love that I love everybody else with. You can love yourself with and you can love others with. So so that's here, that's here this morning. That's here seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It's not just on Sunday morning at Victory Fellowship Church or whatever church that people's at this morning. It's all the time. And so... He says, we are the children of God. It has not been yet seen, revealed what we shall be, but we know that when, when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has his hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. And so, so that goes on to talking about what we think Jesus looks like. Well, we're made in His image, right? We're made in His likeness. So Jesus, to me, we know He was a form of man on earth. We get to heaven, we don't know what we'll be. It doesn't really matter. We'll just know we'll be with Him. So that's what we got to do. And I know in G- John takes this, and it pretty much sounds the same as in John chapter 1. And you don't have to turn there. But because they rejected Him, it talks about they rejecting Him. But I'll just read this, and it'll be on the screen in John chapter 1 and verse 10. He said, He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. He came into His own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, as many, as many, there's no number. There's no 144,000. There's no, there's no stoppage to that number that can receive him. To them gave him power to be the sons of God or the children of God. To them. So if we received him in our life, we are the children of God, adopted, grafted into him. Just like my son Peyton. When he was six months old, me and Gabby got together, and most of you know this, but when he was like, I think six or seven, we finished the adoption process. I never considered him anything else but my son. But he took my name. He took my last name. And so that made, by law, mine. So in essence, when we say, Jesus be Lord of my life, we are, in his eyes, his. Nobody else's. And he's a jealous guy. Just like I don't ever want Peyton to change his name. I don't want Peyton to be anything else besides what we prayed of him to be. And, and we know that things happen in people's lives, but that don't stop me from praying for him. When we decide to go astray from our life in Christ as we know it, that doesn't mean that Jesus stops interceding for us. That doesn't mean that, you know, when we go to ask him, Jesus is right there, hey, hey, God, listen, listen, Mark Carroll is asking right now for forgiveness for this, this, and this. Can he get that forgiveness? And, and it's not an ask. It's like Jesus. Jesus to God. God, look, right now. He needs forgiveness right now. And God's just my grace and mercy, just spewing out all over. And I don't know how he intercedes for us and goes to God before us. That's just in my little simple mind, okay? You think of it how you want to. And, and so he's constantly interceding for us. And so he's, he's to those he gave the right to become the God, sons of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor, of, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So he gave us the right to be the children of God as, as he's called us to be. Just think, I want to talk just a second because we're talking about love. And, you know, love, more than we've said, more than a feeling, more than just, just because you get mad at me, I'm gonna, I'm, I don't love you anymore. Just because of those things, just love is way deeper than that more than we can anything understand. The main thing of love that we, we can understand is what Jesus says. There's no greater love than this, that a man lay, lay down his life for his friend. So we know that's what Jesus done for us. He laid down his life. That's our greatest form of love that we can see is somebody laying down their life for us and giving of their selves for us. And so, I know mom and daddy was 53 years this year. 52. So I was giving you a little more credit. Hopefully they'll make it to next March 6th and it'll be 53. Hopefully. There's a chance that Mama can not deal with it anymore. But I doubt 
that she'll give up on that because it's been 52 years. And there's others in here that have been married that long and maybe longer. But, you know, there's none nobody ever said that it was easy, right? But the only way I'm, you're going to make it 52 years, the only way you're going to make it a year, 10 years, 23 years almost for me, is that if we continue to love no matter what, that we continue to forgive no matter what. And we can all look in Ephesians chapter 5. And I've read this, I've heard this verse, I've heard Daddy preach it for years and talk about it. I've said it, I've said it in uh, marriage um, ceremonies. It was said at my marriage ceremony, okay? So, I mean, this passage right here has been read over and over and over again. And just like John is re- reiterating the same things over and over again, we need to have that in our life. If you come here this morning just for whatever reason, you need to hear the Word of God over and over and over again. So if I could, like I've said, if I just stand up here and read whatever, you're not getting the Word of God. And this is what we've got to have. Whether you think, well, this is not exciting. The Word of God is exciting. The Spirit of God is pure and real in our life. When we let it be and let it manifest itself in our life, it can be exciting in our life. And, and so if we've got to come in here, and I've preached on this before, just to entertain people, then the Word of God should be enough to entertain you every day of your life should be enough to get you excited for what Jesus has done for us, no matter what's going on, and that liberty that we get to live in freely every day through His Son and through Him. And so that needs to be exciting for us. But we want to know how, how people make it and how we can stop divorce in the church, in this world, but especially in the church, because if we're children of God, we, this, and, and this is a subject that is not talked about a whole lot. We want to get on the homosexuality, we want to get on, you know, all this other stuff. We want, you know, people living in sin, but we don't talk about divorce a lot. Why? Because I can look around, and you can too, and probably there's a high number of people that have went through it. I have personally not. Thank goodness. But that doesn't mean that it's never come out of anybody's mouth. They're thought about because it's easier not to deal with stuff. But if we could get a hold of this, of this passage right here in Ephesians 5, verse 20, starting in verse 22. Wives, submit, your own self, submit, your, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. I'm not here to get on men and women this morning. I want to talk about love and loving each other as Christ loves us, okay? Because when we can see each other as that, and love each other and love ourselves as that, we'll see ourselves as the children of God and act like the children of God that we're supposed to be because he's bestowed that on us. He wants us to be his children. But he says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And so husbands, we know this, don't get big-headed because you're the head of the wife because it's going to come back around to you in just a minute. Okay? Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, wives, wives submitting to their husbands has to do with the husband submitting to God. Because if the husband's not the spiritual leader of that household as he needs to be, then that wife's trying to be something in that house that she, that God didn't intend her to be. Not that she can't be strong, not that she can't be spiritual, not that she can't be a spiritual leader, but he chose the man to be the spiritual leader of the home, not the woman to have to do everything. And so, because men are lazy, men are selfish, men want to do their own things, Men want to go play golf on Sunday morning or go do whatever else besides go to church. Because men have this pride thing and we don't want to submit. You know, we're just like we got in trouble at home. I talk back so much. And I still do. Gabby would tell me, can you not just shut up? No. I used to argue with mom and daddy all the time. I won't never, daddy, come on, let's talk about it. Let's just talk about it for a minute. Instead of getting a whooping. I would try to do those things and I... You know, still learning to control my tongue is an everyday battle. But so we, husbands, we have to love our wives just as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her. Do we do that? I've been guilty of this. I, I can show more love and compassion to those out in the world and to others than I do my own family at times. Why? Because... One reason that I feel is that 
I don't expect things from them, right? But I have expectations from my wife and children. And when those expectations are not met, then the love's not there as it needs to be. And I'm not loving them as Christ loved the church. And I'm not loving them with unconditional love. Christ has expectations for us now that we're his children. Does that mean he gives up on us whenever we don't meet those expectations or or loves us any less? No. So who are we to love each other any less when those expectations are not met? So men, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blame. So husbands ought to, ought to love their wives as their own body. There's, I don't know many men that don't love their own body. Okay? And, you know, you see it. I go to the gym some, some. There's not a place in that gym up there that don't have a mirror on it where you can love your own body working out, I promise. And you can see yourself, and you can watch yourself, and people, oh, it's just for form. No, it's you being conceited and want to see yourself. Because I see them over there. Right? I mean, see that. So most men are conceited enough, and I've, I've been called conceited. I said, no, it's confidence. Just confidence. Confidence. But... They love their own bodies. They, and who he loves, excuse me, love their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. He who loves his wife loves himself, right? We love ourselves. We love our wife. For no one had ever hated, hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For members of his body, of his flesh, of his bone, it says, for this reason... Shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love your own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So love and respect, he says both of them there. So the husband love his wife as he loves himself, just as Jesus loves us and loves the church. Husband. I know I've got plenty of work to do in that area to love my wife and my children and love my family as I love myself and show them the love that Christ shows me each and every day. And, and it's easy because we live together. And like I said, we're two, two broken people, flesh people, trying to live together and make it work. But if this is not the basis, if Christ is not the head, then this is why all this falls apart. This is why marriages and families fall apart. This is why... You know, you see children suing parents over something or parents suing children and and kicking them out. All this kind of stuff, you see this because this was not done. Because Christ was not the head of that family as he needs to be and the man was not the head of the family as Christ led him and made him be the head of that family. And then it boils down to to the wives not loving their husbands as they need to as Christ loves the church because the husband's not submitting to God and not doing those things that he told him to do. And then it leads the children to seeing what the mom and dad's doing. And then they end up in rebellion and, and all kinds of things in their life and problems because of what the family has brought on. Because of what they've done. And it all, it all could have been fixed if we all get out on our knees and do this right here. And submit ourselves to God just as he submits himself to us each and every day. Serve others and love others. And remember that we're children of God. We're not part of this world system anymore. We are, but we're, our home's in heaven, right? That's where we're going to be one day. And that's, that's what He's called us and told us to do, is that we're going to be with Him one day. And we're children of God no matter what goes on in our life. So we know marriage is not easy. Marriage is not ever going to be easy. But we cannot let divorce and these things... Well, if it don't work out, we'll just get a divorce. We can't do that. The church has got to stop. Children of God have got to stop doing those things. And, and so, but through that, through that, it's not the cardinal sin, okay? It's not. If that's happened and that's went on, there's forgiveness for that, right? Because I just said that there's no big sin and little sin. There's no... 
God's not going to forgive you of this, but he'll forgive you of this, this, and this. He said he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right? So when we go to God and things happen and we get into the flesh and things happen, we know that we can go to God and ask for forgiveness. He's going to forgive us. He's going to forgive us. And we can turn and reconcile and do things and, and let God work and move in our lives to where those things can be gone and we can once again remember who we are through Christ Jesus. Once again remember that we're a child of God no matter what our past has held against us. No matter what. Because he said he washes those things clean. He washes them. I know we watched that uh, Chosen series on Wednesday nights. And there was one particular scene that keeps coming back into my mind. Is when Mary had went back to that lifestyle of prostitution and gambling and all that kind of stuff. Because she heard those voices in her head. And went back. And so he sends, and this is not in the Bible. We don't know that this happened, but it happens to us all the time, doesn't it? So, but he sent, I think it was Peter and Matthew to look for her. And they find her in this place. And she said, I can't go back. He's not like, no, come on back. He still loves you. And this, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the whole, the whole words. But she goes to where Jesus was at in his tent. And she just says, I'm sorry. And... I, w- I wish I'd have looked it up, but he pretty much says, what kind of love or forgiveness would it be if, you know, it was just a one-time thing? If I didn't let you come back. And, and so it's just a story and a picture of our lives that we do over and over again sometimes to where we go out and we forget who we are then have to come back and ask for forgiveness. But he's right there every time. Just, just the story of the prodigal son over and over again. To where he's looking for us. He continues to pray for us. He continues to believe. But he sees us coming and he runs to us. He runs to us. And we're running to him. And he forgives us each and every time we come back. So, children of God. Show the love of God to all others around us. Starting at home. Starting at home. We've got to start with ourselves. We've got to start in our own homes and our own family. And then spread out. Let everybody see who God is in our life. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Imitators of God. We're imitating somebody. We're mimicking. We need to mimic who God is. We need to mimic that love in our life as God shows us. We need to mimic Jesus and serve others as He served each and every day in His life when He's on this earth and serve like, we, like He served and, and show that each and every day. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Walk in love. Walk in love. He goes on to say in verse 3, But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you. That's us. We're the children of God, right? Let not those things be named among you. As it is fitting for saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse gesturing, those funny jokes we get into at work, we know we shouldn't be a part of. We know we shouldn't be listening to. We know we shouldn't say, even though it's not really dirty. You know, it's not really a dirty joke. But is it going to portray us as children of God? I don't, I don't believe I, I could see Jesus in amongst that and just say, hey, did you hear about blah, 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 and, you know, say some. And it might not be a real dirty joke, but it's going to be one of those things that, well, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe they're not going to see who truly Jesus truly is through me if I'm talking that way. And so, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance the kingdom of God, kingdom of Christ and God. None of that. None of that. They're not going to inherit those things. Why? Because they continue to live in sin instead of giving their lives to Him. If we say we're children of God, we've got to put these things away once and for all and stop letting them hinder us and make us fall and quit doing those things. Because nothing, nothing in this life can ever separate us from the love of God. Nothing. We separate ourselves. We we can separate ourselves. God's not quit loving us. We're the ones that entangle ourselves with all these other things. And this this is a couple of verses that we read a lot. We're going to read it again. and we, Why? Because we need to remember these things. 
when we get into a bind, we get into a problem, where are we going to go besides the Word of God to get out of it? It says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 37, well-known verses. He says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. More than conquerors, right? Why? Because we're children of God. Because he's, he's given us all power and authority to be and overcome everything in our life. Everything. We're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. Nothing. Nobody, no one, nothing in this world. Nothing. Nothing. Shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. So tomorrow, the next day, today, whenever it is, and Satan comes and tries to bring thoughts and attacks into your mind, go back to right here. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the children of God. And say it, oh, if you can't say, well, I just, I don't, I don't understand that. Start saying it again and again. Start praying. Start, start believing, God, I just thank you for your love just encompassing and, and coming on me and feel your love right now. Fill me up with that love so I can show others. Pray in those things, and I promise when you do, you'll start those thoughts, those problems in your life will start looking further and further away, and you'll start being closer and closer to God in your walk and your faith and everything that goes on in your life. So don't ever let anybody, anybody, because we know we've already read in this in this book of 1 John, that Satan is the father of lies, right? So all those thoughts that come to us about those things are just lies from him. So nothing and no one can ever stop us from God's love. God never changes, never has, never will. So don't let those things entangle your mind and your thoughts today. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand this morning. If you're here this morning and you don't know what true freedom is, if you've never surrendered your life to Him and said, Jesus, be Lord of my life, I'll say it, I'll say it every week, today is the day of salvation. Today is, not tomorrow, not, not next week. That can still happen, but today, today is the day of salvation. And so, you know, we, you can say a prayer, just a simple prayer, and watch Jesus come into your life and change your heart and whatever it is, and remove it, can forgive you of your sins. If you're here this morning and you've walked away, Jesus still loves you. He still cares for you. 